Well, they are back. What was that? I wasn't even thinking about being a goat, was it? <laughs> bah, bah. Uh, who knows? The goats are loose. The gates open. We're back. I'm Bill Gray. John Chapman. And we are back to uh, continuing our efforts to immortalize the great sessions on the deck. Um, we'll, we also may get visited by Blue. Uh, I did hear Blue earlier. Yeah. So uh, um, Blue may uh, chime in. We uh, talked about it in an earlier episode. Is it we, we may have to start paying him scale. <laughs> that if it just depending on how much barking he does. Okay. This time, uh, we'd like to chat a bit about uh, what we used to refer to as a special prosecutor. Apparently, that um, is not the correct term anymore, that uh, it's now referred to as a special counsel. And Merrick Garland is in the news uh, appointing a, a special counsel to take over the two investigations that are going on in um, at the Justice Department. Uh, just a little bit about what a special uh, counsel. I'm going to have to rework my head. Uh, it is it's a lawyer appointed to investigate, potentially prosecute, um, uh, and uh, suspected wrongdoing for which a conflict of interest may or may not exist. Um, there is some discussion that Merritt Garland wanted to remove um, any politicalness to it. Um, and that's why he appointed the special counsel. Um, the special counsel, just very quickly, um, it's not new. Um, I, I don't know if, if you know. Do you know that in 1875, that's when the first special counsel was? It was uh, Ulysses S. Grant. And uh, it, it's interesting. I, I'm going uh, to read you the, the Wikipedia on it. Uh, was appointed by Grant in 1875 to investigate the whiskey ring scandal after attempting to stifle Henderson's investigation of the president's personal secretary. Grant fired the special prosecutor, John B. Henderson, on the basis that Hend Henderson's statements to a grand jury regarding Grant were impertinent. Following criticism, Grant appointed a new special prosecutor to continue the investigation. Uh, I guess that was the first, um, what was it, midnight? What did we call it here? I forgot what the term was, the, the massacre. The, oh, the midnight massacre. The midnight massacre. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But uh, James Garfield, Calvin Coolidge with the Teapot Dome was involved in it. Harry Truman uh, with corruption at the Bureau of Internal Revenue. Uh, Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do we have internal revenue? I didn't even know we have that. I thought it was something to harass people that didn't. Infernal revenue. Infernal. Uh, of course, uh, that we've chatted about this many times about um, the uh, Watergate. And uh, if we have time today, we'll chat a little bit about uh, just a timeline on Watergate. You know, to everything old is new again. And uh, so uh, what are your thoughts on the special um, the special counsel? Well, I think since, you know, as it's being put out now, since Trump announced he was going to run for president and President Biden has said before his intention to run, it becomes a political 
thing. And I think our attorney general has probably done the right thing. But no matter what he did, it was going to be political. There's uh-huh. no doubt about it. It had to be political. No, because that's the way the other side's going to look at it. Now, uh, go ahead. Uh, just going into what uh, goes into the decision for a, a special I'm going to keep saying prosecutor. I mean, who cares? It's made by a three-judge panel called a special division selected from the Court of Appeals. The law did not allow special prosecutors to be removed except under specific circumstances such as wrongdoing or incapacitation. Um, The legislation, uh, is I believe you pointed out, it's sunset. Is that the term? Yes. And, And it keeps being revived. Um, roughly 20 special prosecutors uh, since 1983. So, I mean, it's a career choice. (laughs) It's a (laughs) job I don't think I would want. Well, I mean, I I, I don't know. And and before I get too far away here, I I do want to reference um, a recent uh, interview I saw on, with uh, Margaret Hoover on the on Firing Line, and I recommend that show. She's she's not William F. Buckley by any means, and they do put a thing on it saying she's not affiliated with it, but uh, she does a great job. And she had uh, Attorney General Barr on, and he has been uh, critical of the former president, uh, to say the least. And he was uh, very critical about his actions, the uh, 45's actions, and um, on and on and on and on and on about what a bad person he is. And then Ms. Hoover asked him, uh, in regard to your statements, would you vote for Mr. Trump if he was the nominee? And I'll spare you the babbling, but uh, he said he would. And I, I have a problem with that. I mean, you don't win anything by voting straight ticket. I mean, if there was like a lottery or something and it was selected from all the straight ticket people, you know, I'd see it. But I mean, how can you say that in your opinion, this gentleman did some not so nice things, but if you had the opportunity to let him do it again, you would authorize that. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I, I mean, so, you know, basically what you're saying, uh, uh, Mr. Barr is, you know, if we wrote in Mickey Mouse on the Republican or probably more apt the Grinch on the Republican ticket, you'd vote for him if we could get him through uh, the convention. I mean, you're, you're just, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't vote straight ticket, never have vote straight ticket, never will vote straight ticket. I vote for Republicans that I know. I vote for Republican or Democrats that I know. I vote for people that I think might get something done. And um, but I tell you what, uh, you know, Donnie's not getting my vote and uh, tell you the truth. And again, I'm going to wander off topic a minute here. Who what is going to happen at convention? That that could be fun. 
I mean, are we going back to 68? Well, they could. That, But, you know, that would be a lot of people in the streets. And that was Mayor Daly's time and a lot of yep. busting heads because yeah. they didn't like the hippies and the yippies back yep. then. Yep. I mean, turn the National Guard loose on them. And, uh, and then, of course, the Chicago 7. Uh, it, and for those of us who are older than some, um, the Democratic Convention in 1968 uh, was a little crazy that there were uh, massive demonstrations at the convention. Mayor Daley, as he said, was the mayor at the time, uh, or uh, as I like to say, the king of Chicago. And um, it got crazy. And also resulted in the trial of the Chicago Seven, and that's something you can Google. Um, I, I, I fear that will happen at the Republican convention this year. I do. I've, I, I not that the yuppies or the yippies are going there. Um, I think people will be in the streets uh, armed and will have. Um, automatic weapons, excuse me, semi-automatic weapons uh, over their shoulder. And this could be a mess. I mean, I saw a thing with Paul Ryan this morning. You know, he's talking, um, you know, that the Republicans are trying to get away from Mr. Trump. Uh, well, uh, apparently no one told the uh, Speaker of the House elect that, that, uh, I mean, I think he's he, he he sleeps in the uh, Trump bedroom down at Mar-a-Lago, doesn't he? <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to burn for that one. But uh, and again, I mean, I mean, what is it? Where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, they were chatting this morning that uh, 45 could get indicted and uh, could get indicted for obstruction of justice. And uh, and my feeling is, and I sincerely hope I'm right, for Merrill Gar Merritt Garland to uh, to do something. I, I think he's got something. Well, he's appointed Jack Smith, who's a, a former attorney, worked in um, in DOJ, but he was the Brooklyn U.S. Attorney's Office. He was the chief of Public Integrity Section and a top prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Middle District of Tennessee. And he was an acting U.S. Attorney in 2017 in the Trump administration. And now his last job was chief prosecutor investigating war crimes in Kosovo uh, for a special court in The Hague. I think he has some credentials to go on. And this guy is from what we hear, what the talking heads are saying, he'll be up to speed soon. I like the idea that he's got to work independently for Merrick Garland. That sort of takes it out of the political end. Or for people that have a little bit of sense, they would realize it's not a political issue. This is a man that had classified, secret, and compartmentalized documents in his home, and he wasn't supposed to have them. Now, the question I pose is, Bill, if I had some top-secret documents in my house and the FBI came, what would they do to me? I'd well, be sitting in jail. Yeah, you'd be calling me from the jail. 
<laughs> so uh, sounds like something's happened before. Yeah, but it it's just <sighs> again, and I'm I have a lot of dear friends that um, have been my friend for decades and will continue to be my friends because my love of them, but my love of them does not support their political philosophy and they don't support mine. It's kind of a trade-off that, you know, we've been together, you and I've been together 50 years yeah, and, and, and you or I are the sole dissenters in our family uh, of, of people. I mean, the, everyone else are hardcore conservatives and, you know, God bless them. I mean, I'm glad there's both sides, but um, I, I, I just don't think it's politics. I mean, again, the statement, if you had classified documents in your house or top secret documents in your house. And my other question, again, I'm uh, tangenting. Why? Other than to show them to people to see what I've got. Yeah. So, I mean, who saw these documents? Um, what was it? There was a video from Mar-a-Lago that he was having dinner in the main dining room, yapping away about classified information. And they were people tables away that probably did not have a security clearance. And it's just, it's just reckless. That, that's, and again, uh, yes, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. I will say that right now. Didn't care for the apprentice. Um, but you know, you, there's just things you can't do. I mean, you can't do. Well, there was a story that was, uh, put out on Twitter just, uh, uh, a couple of years ago that Trump decided to put a picture on Twitter and it came from a spy satellite mm -hmm. and People didn't realize that it was from a spy satellite for a while. Even our intelligence industry, mm -hmm. they thought it was from a drone because the picture was so clear mm -hmm. and something 150 miles away and you're being able to pick out a person. That's pretty good technology. Mm -hmm. But he put it out on Twitter. So he did classify that document right away. Mm -hmm. But that put the intelligence community in a sort of a pickle of how do we get this? How do we hide this now that it's put out to the world? Mm -hmm. And it was a picture of a Iranian uh, satellite launch platform, whatever you call yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So he hadn't, I would say he wasn't real clear and uh, wasn't real careful on what he did with classified documents. Well, but, I mean, he, he, he does say he can declassify him in his mind. Well, that may be true. That's what he said. Know, he's got to be have some kind of paper trail because that's the way the government works. And, and this uh, is, that's just BS and you know it. Yeah. And uh, if again, wasn't there some, uh, an event in the oval office that, um, the, uh, who Labarov with yeah. the Russians that, uh, that he was in the oval office and um, the president at the time shared classified documents uh, about Israeli intelligence. And there was something in, you know, there was like, hey, we really appreciate you wouldn't do that again. But I mean, he has a history of um, being self-focused. Yes. 
and um, and that's the deal. Um, uh, speaking of 45, the special prosecutor is not his only problem. He is under investigation in New York State by the New York's Attorney General, Letitia James, into the family business, the Trump Organization. It's focused on financial statements in which Mr. Trump valued his assets, reflected a pattern of fraud, or simply examples of his penchant for exaggeration. Uh, <laughs> this is from the New York Times. Also, a Manhattan criminal case that uh, this is with the district attorney, um, again, valuing his properties and uh, undervaluing his properties uh, for well, tax purposes. Yeah, well, you know, and uh, it's already gotten one criminal charge to its chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg. Um, he was found guilty. And of course, the one that we talk about so much because our dear friend, our senior senator from South Carolina, um, Lindsey Graham, uh, as uh, we record, this is uh, going to um, appear at uh, the um, grand jury in Fulton County. Um, I, I really look forward to when we can talk about that. Um, I did want to talk about it a little bit today, but uh, Lindsay will be there tomorrow. And um, I'll put uh, $10 on he admits to what he said on tape and $25 on he takes the fifth. So, uh, I mean, that that's where I'm, I'm hedging. <laughs> can't uh, lose that way. Uh, I can't lose. I can't <laughs> lose. That uh, Most likely you'll get the 25 yeah. Uh, another one. Westchester County has an investigation on him, uh, the Trump organization. Uh, this was one that I was not aware of, but uh, the attorney general of District Columbia sued Mr. Trump's inaugural committee, saying he had overpaid his own family business by more than a million dollars for the Trump International Hotel in the 17 inaugural. Uh, the suit uh, names the inaugural committee, the hotel, the Trump organization as defendants. That's yet to go to trial. And then, of course, January 6th. And if you would allow me my uh, repeat rant on this January 6th, um, the right hand does not bite the left hand uh, hard. Uh, I should say uh, there's an, a, an Indian American Indian saying that the parties are uh, feathers of the same bird. Uh, I offer this, that the committee did its best to lay it out um, for the American people. Uh, and again, the American people had already made their minds up. There's statistical evidence that, it did not draw the audience that the Watergate trials did. And um, I, I offer this is that they knew where they were going. And it's all bluster. And they knew they would run out of time. Statistically, the red wave was on the way, which turned out to, you know, kind of be a soft pink. But uh, I, I, I offer this and I'd be interested to you know what your side of it is. I, I really don't think that they had any intention of doing anything other than being on the record saying what they did. I mean, as far as referring it to the Justice Department, 
um, uh, the subpoena of President uh, Trump. You know, they took long enough to send that, which gave him enough time to do what he does. He's the king of sandbagging. And uh, they knew it would never they would never have to be on the record uh, for doing something. And uh, in January, uh, when the new House is seated, it will go to the pages of history. So uh, am I wearing my tinfoil hat, John? No. Well, well, to this extent, Congress sometimes decides we must have it on the record. And that's their evidence. I believe that's what the committee, if you think they were there for uh, show and tell, uh, that's probably what they were doing. Were they going to get anywhere? I think they thought they were, but it doesn't appear that they have. But they've laid out a good case that this has been a coup attempt. Mm-hmm. Now, will the American people buy it? I think from everything that's gone on and all the new um, voicemails and uh, text messages they received from the Secret Service— I think they'll probably end up having one more live event to lay things out. And, you know, what are they going to do? The mega MAGA world is not going to believe it. And Trump's going to go out with his newfound Twitter account, if Twitter's still alive then, and say it's all a lie, it's a witch hunt. That's what he's done perpetually, even when... It was found out that he was lying or guilty. Well, he's not, you know, he really can't do something without lying. So uh, I don't know. I, You know, I'm sort of up in the air. I wish they had done something. You thought that the Mueller report was going to do something. But the uh, U.S. attorney on that one, Mr. Barr, decided to squash that and say, Trump did nothing wrong when the report said he did things wrong or questionable. And this is the same attorney general that said, yeah, I know he's a rotten son of a gun, but I'd vote for him again. Yeah, it's the same one. So, I mean, I'd like to speak to credibility that you say in the Mueller report, there was nothing there, you know, ignore the man behind the curtain. And I have not digested the Mueller report. I don't know. But he has a history of saying he's going to support 45, which he is welcome to do. We still have that privilege in this country. But when he makes statements like, yeah, I know he's a bad guy, but he's a Republican and I'd vote for him. That kind of, to me, throws a a pall on on what he did. And, And he would not be the first attorney general to have an opinion. But um, I, I, I'm just saying. Well, we have uh, something you want to add before I, 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 I do the, the head to the house here? No, I think not. I think we've covered it well. I would like to, well, the only other thing I want to hear is what Lindsay's going to do. You what? know, the, the adept of that of did he try to influence votes from Georgia? Now, I don't know what he's going to say. I mean, there probably is going to be some recordings of what Lindsay did that we haven't heard, but I just you know, wonder, I mean, Lindsay's a lawyer, so he's going to lawyer his way out. He already tried not to testify. 
by saying I'm a member of Congress and we don't have to go do these things. Mm-hmm. Well, the court said, oh, no, you uh, were not acting as a congressman. You were acting as a uh, something. Private citizen. <laughs> yeah. He was acting as a private citizen. As a private citizen. That's what and it, it, it's. Again, I I look forward to uh, what he decides. And he wants to take the fifth. Go right ahead. I mean, that's what it's there for. Now, the fifth um, is that uh, gives you the inference, at least in a civil trial that you're not telling the truth now you can't use it in you know a criminal case but you can use it in a civil trial and mm -hmm. that's interesting i mean trump took the fifth what 67 times or something in uh new york so and he's the guy that said if you take the fifth then you're lying or you're guilty he's the guy that said that but then again he takes the fifth well I mean, by definition, I cannot be compelled to um, to testify, uh, to incriminate myself. And if that's your argument, then if you were compelled to testify, you would incriminate yourself. Uh, so semantically speaking, uh, there quite possibly is something to incriminate you. That's why you are protected by the Fifth Amendment. Again, and I, I say protected. Um, I mean, the law is a law. And I mean, he wants to use it the way he does. And, you know, lawyers do what they do. And, you know, boop, there it is. That's it. Yep. All right. Quickly, before we get out of here, just a few more minutes. We talk about uh, Watergate and uh, uh, there are probably some folks who um, are like, I think I remember that. But I thought I'd run down a timeline for you just uh, to, to uh, say that. You know, nothing changes. It just gets reprocessed. Um, two break-ins in 1972. The Liddy team went in and bugged the, the phones of staffers. Uh, the second time they went into the Watergate, uh, they got popped. Um, that uh, November 7th of 72, uh, Nixon was re-elected. April 6th of 73, White House counsel John Dean began cooperating with the Watergate prosecutors. Uh, April 30th of 73, Ehrlichman, Haldeman, Richard Kleindienst resigned and John Dean is fired. Uh, 1973, May 17th, Senate Watergate committee hearings began. Um, Independent special prosecutor Archibald Cox uh, John Dean talks about the cover-up on June 3rd of 73, and uh, the smoking gun was July 13th of 73 when Alexander Butterfield, former presidential appointment secretary, revealed that all conversations and telephone calls in the Nixon White House were taped since 1971. Uh, we referenced the Saturday Night Massacre earlier in today's visit. That was on October 20th of 73. Nixon ordered Elliot Richardson and Ruckelhaus to fire special prosecutor uh, Cox. They both refused to comply and resigned. Robert Bork considered resigning, but carried out the order. And we know Mr. Bork was uh, put up as um, uh, 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 for the Supreme Court. And that kind of didn't happen. Um, March 474, the Watergates uh, seven were indicted. Yeah, Congress moved to impeach the president. August 9th, 74, Nixon resigned. Ford became president. 
And in September 8th of 74, President Ford uh, granted Nixon a pardon for anything he may or may not have done. And, um, and again, that's kind of a history of it. So from uh, May of 1972 to um, August of 74 is how long it took. And we're still there with um, our friends for 45. Let's see where this goes. Once again, you can reach us in the email at twooldgoats at gmail.com. That's T-O-O, oldgoats at gmail.com. Please just you know take a minute or two saying, I'm listening, I'm listening, you guys are out of your minds, or you're just plain whatever you feel like saying. Uh, you can go to our uh, Facebook page, and we are at Two Old Goats at, at Facebook. And again, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, um, Amazon Music. We're involved with them as well. So uh, our imprint is growing, and um, we would really uh, like to hear from you. We've we've gotten a few folks, um, and uh, statistically, because we can see it on the downloads, but I'm still waiting for someone to say something to us. It might be nice, but we don't really care. Just well, that's true. Something. That's true. I mean, there's been some discussion about why don't you have uh, guests? Well, the whole premise is the two of us sitting on the porch having a cigar and a beverage and uh, saving the planet. And that's what we're doing here on our own. It's all vanity. And at that point, I'll say we'll see you next time. I'm Bill Gray. And John Chapman. 